0: Joining you from our headquarters in Madison, Wisconsin, USA, this is Callie with Let's Be Frank, a Franklin Fueling Systems podcast for anyone wanting to learn about all things petroleum equipment. In this series, we will chat about how regulations are affecting our industry and how our products and installation services can help us create efficiencies for fueling systems. Today I want to learn more about service station hardware, so I've brought Nicole Kepi, the product manager, on to talk about how the October 2018 regulations are affecting our Defender Series line of spill containers and overfill prevention valves. Nicole, let's talk Defender Series. What is a spill container and where in the fueling
1: system is it? Hi Callie, thank you for having me today. Um, A spill container is located in the forecourt just above the underground storage tank. The purpose of the spill container as you might imagine is to contain spills. So when a a driver brings um, his fuel delivery to the gas station he will hook up to an adapter that's attached to the riser. The spill container sits around that adapter and riser to catch anything that might drop during that process. Or if there should be an overfill event, um, the spill container is there to cut, to catch the majority of what would, what would spill out and overfill.
0: All right. Yeah, that sounds pretty self-explanatory. I've gone to a few sites now and I was wondering what the difference between grade level and below grade means and also who needs them and what application
1: uh, is one more preferential. That's a really great question. We get asked that um, all the time. Um, The difference between a grade level and a below grade is kind of is again, we like to call things by by, you know, reasonable terms. So a grade level spill container sits at grade, and it's designed um, really more. It's more popular in areas of the country that get a lot of rain, um, and the reason that this is is because the cover of the spill container sits a little bit above the concrete and creates um, creates a, a sort of like, like a, a sh- like a shelf. So when the rain okay. comes down, it drains away from the spill container. Um, the below grade. Style of spill containers are much more popular in snow regions, Um, and this, of course, is due to um, the snow, the snow plows, and the constant barrage of the snow plow against the side of a spill container, which can um, affect its ability to keep water out. So, in the case of below ground spill containers, they sit inside of a manway, so the spill container itself sits below the surface or below grade.
0: Oh, I see. So. Quick question then: If our spill containers are supposed to also keep out spills, how do we make sure that the lid is very secure? Because if someone's always coming to uh, drop fuel, how is it? You know, how how do we keep it secure during the times when it isn't open?
1: That's a great question. So both of our spill containers, our grade level and our below grade, have been recently certified to UL 2447 standards. Um, This means that they're capable of resisting the intrusion of of six inches of water for more than a half an hour is the test. The way that we're able to do that is through a gasket between the cover and the lid of the bucket Mm -hmm. that seals out the water. Um, In in the case of the below ground um, spill container, we additionally have a lockable lid, which creates some more. Pressure. In the case of the grade level, um, the grade level cover, the spill container is weighted. It's a weighted cast iron in the lid that um, is able to create that force through the pressure of gravity.
0: Thanks for answering. Uh, now, regarding the regulations, how can a station owner make sure their spill containers are compliant, uh, what are the new regulations really asking them to do? And how do we test that our spill containers are are good?
1: Well the new UST regulations that came out for spill containers are quite similar to the SUMP regulations, which you may already be familiar with. So the purpose of those regulations is to ensure that any kind of spill, of course, is can be contained in that in the spill container and that it's continuing to function over time so with those regulations that um, came officially into effect into effect in the middle of october there are two requirements for um for customers the first is a 30-day walk through so once every 30 days um, you're required to walk through your forecourt and check that the spill container is dry um, if you have a double wall spill container, you'll check the interstitial monitoring device to make sure that that has not been breached. Um, and then you're also gonna wanna check for things like cracks and other visual um, visual items that you can easily spot. The second piece of that is um, a three year testing. Um, So for the three-year testing, requires you to prove that the spill container can still withhold uh, liquid, so if there is a spill. For a single-wall container, that will require hydrostatic testing. For folks using single-wall spill containers, this will require a hydrostatic test. This is essentially um, showing that the spill container will hold five gallons of water for um, the period of time that's required by that test. If you have a double wall spill container, um, those can be tested with a vacuum testing, um, which is a much easier process and there's no wastewater to get rid of. Um, The additional advantage of using a double wall spill container in um, states that allow for dry interstitial testing is that you can monitor that interstitial space continuously. And if you do that, you don't have to do the three-year testing in many cases.
0: You mentioned interstitial monitoring. Can you explain a little bit more about what interstitial space is and then how to
1: monitor that absolutely that's another great question Um, so the interstitial space is um, an area of essentially air between the primary bucket and the secondary bucket Um, so the primary bucket you know that is the main source of prevention of get for the fuel to get into the ground and then the secondary bucket is your secondary layer by monitoring the interstitial space you can tell if there's a breach in those buckets or between those seals um, to allow either for fuel to come in from the bucket or water in from the outside. The way we monitor um, interstitial space is through two means. One is a mechanical sensor. Um, the mechanical sensor has a float, a flotation device that will raise with the buoyancy of liquid, and you'll see that in the dial of the interstitial monitoring device. The second way is to use an electronic sensor, which is tied into your tank gauge, and that allows you to monitor it continuously. So if I have a single wall spill container and I want to upgrade to a double wall spill container, is that possible? Um, yes, with the Defender series of buckets that we have, it is possible. And we do have some customers who are doing that today. So um, the, it's quite easy to do, relatively speaking. Um, and the way you do that is there's um, there are four bolts at the top of the the um, the spill container that hold the gasket to the gravel guard. You unscrew the four bolts, remove your snow plow ring, and then you can turn out the bucket.
0: Before we move on, how long does it take
1: to test my spill container? How long is this process? The process for vacuum testing is quite quick. Um, the way that we vacuum test our spill containers is through um, our sensor port. So whether you have an electronic sensor or a mechanical sensor, um, that that device unscrews and then the test port screws right into that. It's a very quick test. It only takes a couple of minutes. To do a hydrostatic test takes a little bit longer because you have to fill the spill container with water and then watch for it to drop. Great, thank you.
0: Uh, Moving a little bit deeper into the system, what is an OPV and how does
1: it work? OPV is an acronym we use in the industry for overfill prevention valve. The overfill prevention valve is connected to a drop tube that is slid through the spill container and down into the fuel tank. It's designed to shut off the flow of fuel to the tank to prevent an overfill. If I'm understanding this correctly,
0: the overfill prevention valve and spill containers main functions are to ensure that fuel is safely
1: delivered into the tank? That's correct. The spill container and the overfill valve work in conjunction to keep fuel out of the environment.
0: We've talked about regulations on spill containers. What testing can be done on overfill prevention valves to keep them compliant?
1: That's a great question. Um, So along with the October UST regulations for spill containers and sumps, there are also new regulations covering overfill prevention valves. This is the first time that we have these types of regulations in the industry, and what is required is for the overfill prevention valves to be tested at the point they're installed and then every three years afterwards. There are, again, two areas of testing that are required. One is to demonstrate that the OPV is installed at the correct height in the tank to shut off at the appropriate volume, um, which in this case would be a 95% final shutoff. And the second one is to demonstrate that the OPV is actually functioning so that it will shut off when the tank volume reaches the appropriate level. With the Defender Series OPV, we have a a unique way of doing this that allows us to install it, that allows us to test it while it while it is still installed instead of having to remove it. So how can I
0: test my OPV to make sure that it is functioning correctly?
1: Well, with the Defender Series OPV, we have a unique way of testing it in the market that allows us to test it while it's still in- installed. We use what we call a remote test tool. So what you do is you drop the remote test tool down through the inside of the OPV, and you'll feel a pull as the magnet on the remote test tool engages with the magnet um, in the o- behind the OPV float. As you pull up on that remote test tool, you can watch the flapper move. The great thing about this method is that it tests the entire me- mechanical linkage of the device, from the float all the way through to the flapper.
0: So, if I'm testing it, I could actually see that it works.
1: Yes, you'll 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 hear you'll hear and feel the engagement of that magnet, and then you can watch the flapper move as you move the wand.
0: Awesome. That sounds pretty easy. I understand that the OPV is one of your top-selling products.
1: Why buy this one? That's a great question. The the Defender OPV is one of my top-selling products. It was launched um, in 2015. It's one of our newest and most innovative products in my portfolio, and it really is designed to provide total cost of ownership for the product and also to make it easy to interact with at every point of the process, whether it's installing, maintenance, or testing.
0: Great, so if I'm from outside of the U.S. and let's say I'm doing remote fill at my station, what does that mean for our OPV? Can I still use
1: the Defender Series? Absolutely, our Defender OPV is designed to go to a very low flow rate of down to 25 gallons per minute and still engaged. Um, So that can be used in remote fill applications as well.
0: Well, I've certainly learned a lot. Thank you for explaining how spill containers and overfill prevention valves work.
1: You're very welcome. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. If you want to learn more about service
0: station hardware, head on over to our online university at university.ffspro.com.